Welcome to God's Love Language, a podcast designed for Christian discipleship with emphasis on developing our relationship and fellowship with God. Now, here is our host, Joe Enloe. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate that. And we do. Greetings. Welcome back to God's Love Language with Joe Enloe. I am your Joe, and I am your glad you're here. I'm glad you're back. Welcome to the new year and the new beginnings here at God's Love Language. We are recording our podcast at Faith Vision Studios in downtown Texas, which is San Antonio. We are excited for the, this new year because there are a lot of things happening. This year will, will be the beginnings of our video recordings on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Those videos will be shorter in nature than our recorded podcast, this podcast, but hopefully we can do some live broadcasts on TikTok as well. I had a chance, or we had a chance for, to, to try, have a trial. I got some great feedback with a trial run of, on TikTok, and we hope to keep that platform alive. I will provide more information when we are prepared to launch each new platform. Stay tuned. Also, this is our first podcast of the new year, 2024. I want to thank those of you who have been the regular listeners for the last three years and approximately four months. For those of you that don't know me or my background, here is my brief story. I was married at 16, had three boys by the time I was barely 20. I got divorced from my first wife in 1982 and was given custody of my three boys. I married my current wife in 1985. She had custody of her three boys, and in 1988, we had another boy that was born to both of us. So that means at one point in time, we had six teenagers, ages 13 through 19. I am retired U.S. Army, where I worked as a neuropsychiatric specialist, which are we work on inpatient units, and I did that for the last 17 years of my career. And then for the last seven years of that, I was an instructor. I received my bachelor's degree in 1993 and my master's of science in school psychology and marriage and family therapy in 1998. I taught various psychology undergraduate classes from 2000 to 2011 at Park University on Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio. I started this podcast in August of 2020. I completed my master of ministry degree in 2023, yes, last year. And here I am continuing to do what God gave me a vision for. There is a more detailed profile in episode one, which I do hope to be updating sometime this year. We are in a series where we are discussing the five basic relationships God created. Currently, we are in the relationship of God and the child, which is the fourth out of the five. And specifically, we are discussing adolescence. We began this relationship, or we began this relationship on our last episode, episode 45. As I indicated in that episode, we will be discussing biological influences on the adolescent to include how those influence your or affect your walk with God. The first area of biological influence is in physical development. Remember, we are offering just a brief overview of the subject. We cannot address everything related to adolescent development. If this podcast stirs your interest, find some textbooks and and studies related to this subject and read them to gain a better understanding. I would highly suggest that you balance your studies with Christian authors as well as secular ones. Okay, here we go. Physical development. As an introduction and caution to what seems to be 
predeterministic scientific results. When you are a Christian, it is never as, the, as negative as the world presents things to be, including the difficulty an adolescent may face. The key to navigating adolescence and any other developmental stage of life is the relationship with your Creator. As I discuss in my series on the very first relationship God created, God and the individual, having a relationship and fellowship intimacy with God and the Trinity is the key to living a successful life here on earth. After all, He did create you with a plan. This relationship and knowing God will help you understand why you were created and how to successfully navigate each phase of your life. Without this relationship and fellowship with the Creator, you will have difficulty in all developmental stages of your life. Adolescence formally begins with puberty. So there are those who may be a teenager but still haven't reached adolescence. Puberty is the time we begin to mature sexually. Puberty follows a surge of emotions, or excuse me, a surge, a surge of hormones, which may intensify moods, which trigger a two to about a two-year period of rapid physical development, usually beginning at about age 11 in girls and about 13 in boys. But some girls start their growth at spurt at 9 and some boys as late as 16. About the time of puberty, boys' growth propels them to greater height than their average female counterparts. During this growth spurt, this primary sex characteristics the reproductive organs and external genitalia develop dramatically. So do secondary sex characteristics, which are the non-reproductive traits, such as their breasts and the hips in girls, facial hair and, and their deep in voice in boys, pubic and underarm hair in both sexes. A year or two before puberty, however, boys and girls often feel the first stirrings of attraction toward those of the opposite sex. Now, Make sure you heard that last sentence. A year or two before puberty, however, boys and girls often feel the first stirrings of attraction toward those of the opposite sex. Do not let anyone tell you that just because you don't have feelings for the opposite sex prior to the onset of pubertal symptoms that you might be attracted to the same gender as yourself. Your biology allows those symptoms and feelings to occur as you are starting to hit adolescence. You are not prepared emotionally and physically to handle the complexities of love, attraction, commitment, and the hurt that love can bring prior to that. Your gradual and scheduled development is a design that allows you to grow into those areas with the least difficulty as possible. This will all work according to God's plan. The only differences or alterations to this gradual model are when maybe trauma is introduced, introduced prior to growing into adolescence or that you were exposed to certain chemicals that affected your biological functioning. Chemicals could have been introduced in foods, toxic exposure, drugs, medical treatment, etc. Trauma includes things like rape or any sexual abuse or manipulation of you when you were a child. Did you know that studies have even shown that girls who f whose fathers do not live in the home will begin menstruation at an earlier age than the average girl whose father does live in the home? Remember, you are the product of how you interpret your environment and respond to your experiences. 
Interpreting and responding begins in the brain. Your interpretations and responses become your beliefs, and your beliefs are the foundation of your emotional responses and thus your behavior. That is why different people, having been exposed to the same or nearly the same experiences and environment, will be affected differently. Your interpretations and responses will determine whether you will have PTSD, for example. Whether you hate, uh, for, whether you hate or like something, could also be a part of how you interpret it. We see this in the troops that return from war. Some are okay. Some suffer from PTSD. Some to the point of committing suicide. Now let's talk about your cognitive development. As you start developing physically, your brain and its functions also start to change. You must remember an adolescent's brain is a work in progress. Until puberty, brain cells increase their connections like trees growing more roots and branches. Then during adolescence comes a selective pruning of unused neurons and connections. What we don't use, we start to lose. It's rather like traffic engineers reducing congestion by eliminating certain streets and constructing new beltways that move more traffic more efficiently. As teens mature, their frontal lobes also continue to develop. The growth of myelin, the fatty tissue that forms around your axons and speeds neurotransmission that enables better communication with other brain regions. Now, this is similar to putting the plastic covering on an electrical wire plug. You've all seen that plastic where you, if you plug anything into a wall, you know those wires have a plastic covering. Your myelin is the same uh, when it covers your accents. It, help, it helps transmit that electrical um, signal into where it's supposed to go, like the light to turn on the lamp. But it's also the same thing about your neural transmissions. When, they're, when their accents are covered properly, they, their directions or signals go straight to where they need to go. And, and if you didn't have that, then the electricity would go out all directions. And the same with your signals would be, would, would be going everywhere in the brain and you wouldn't receive and have, be able to figure out. You wouldn't have any coordination because the signals wouldn't be getting to where they're supposed to. Now, these developments bring improved judgment, improved impulse control, and long-term planning. Its absence makes you feel like you're all over the place, cognitively and and emotionally. Teenagers tend to have deep emotional experiences that may include, like, writing psalms or poems, right? Uh, And do other emotional outlets, such as a diary. That's when you see a lot, especially girls, will start writing in their diary. But they could also make or take your emotions to another level, a, a deeper, darker part. With that in mind, let me bring this episode to close by talking a bit about risky behavior. Researchers have also found that the normal teen brain that is already developmentally imbalanced, in a sense, is further challenged during stress. In moments of stress, the not yet fully developed prefrontal cortex functioning is diminished. Survival and pain relief instincts kick in, and teenagers steer towards risk-taking, pleasure-seeking activities. Adolescence offers teens a brain that is wide open to trying new things, but it also poses a huge risk when teenagers are stressed. The call of addiction to drugs, 
tobacco, alcohol, and fattening foods can be loud, offering promise of relief from the negative emotional state. Having Christian parents and beliefs can be of great value here, especially if you submit to their authority, as we discussed in this in the previous episode. The intervention of one person, a strong, positive, caring figure in an adolescent's life can mitigate the negative influences that he or she was born with. And running a Christian household can also help reduce the stress, stressful possibilities. Uh, Dr. Linda Mays describes a person who who she says uh, has you in mind when you come home from school, that type of person that cares so much about you, that they that you think about them, they think about you. Rather than the goal of disconnection from family to achieve independence, this view posits that adolescents need parents and other adults to hold them in mind, to mitigate the compelling draw to drugs, depression, eating disorders, etc., This is also the calling we have as Christian parents. We must show the love, grace, and mercy that Jesus expects us to. It is easy to misinterpret an adolescent's motives and attitude if parents or caregivers don't understand the effect that puberty has on their cognitive processes. Your expectations should line up with the Word of God and fall within the biological limits and abilities in which your adolescent is operating. Remember, a gentle approach will turn away wrath. Parents, you are the adult here. Act like it. Adolescence is a prime time to experiment with risky behavior. The prefrontal cortex, the front of the brain, which contains the executive control function, is the command center where we ask, is this right or wrong? And make decisions by weighing rewards and consequences. Because this part of the brain grows and develops well into adulthood, teens experience a dual challenge because the subcortical parts of their brain, which is also the pleasure zone, develop very quickly and are hypersensitive to reward. This region of the brain, or your teenager's brain, becomes highly activated and releases feelings of great pleasure when taking chances, like driving fast and taking drugs, etc., The promise of potential reward often overrides the concern about perceived risks involved. We all like new and exciting things, but we never value them more highly than we do during adolescence. Here we hit a high in what behavioral scientists call sensation-seeking, the hunt for the neural buzz, the jolt of the unusual or unexpected. And although sensation-seeking can lead to dangerous behaviors, it can also generate positive ones. That's how we get inventions. What makes this worse is that adolescents will rank that buzz they receive from the successfully completing risky behavior over the warnings they receive from adults on many occasions. In this type of behavior, if this type of behavior is rewarded by the peers or anyone important to them, it will more than likely continue or become worse. That is why parents should know your friends and groups you hang with. We're trying to protect you here. There are many rewarding behaviors that are healthy and will help you become a more well-rounded individual. There are things like sports, learning an instrument, teaching a class on a subject you're good in, writing a short story, making an educational movie, starting a podcast. The list goes on. Doing things like these will also help you find your calling in life. Your gifting will rise to the surface as you pursue various endeavors. 
According to David Myers, during the early teen years, egocentrism endures and reasoning is often self-focused. Capable of thinking about their own and others' thinking, teens also begin imagining what others are thinking about them and develop an intense awareness of this imaginary audience. That's what they call it in psychology, your imaginary audience. Of course, you might worry less if you really understood that your peers have a similar self-focus. They're wondering what you're thinking about them. Teens also have a tendency to develop a personal fable, believing that they are unique and special, and what happens to most people would never happen to them. My vaping is just for fun. I would never end up in an addict or an addicted smoker like my uncle. Or I'm a better driver than most, and I will not get in a wreck. Or I can drink and drive, and it will not affect me. Thinking like this is evidence for the self-focused egocentrism thinking. And this line of thinking contains many of the sin nature characteristics. Behind all sin is selfishness. Giving yourself to God to accomplish His purpose in you is the best way to remedy this line of thinking. As a final note on adolescence, the things you learn during this time will be part of your memories for the rest of your life. You can live with great memories of your teenage years or live with years of regret. If risky behaviors are taken too far, you can end up with a legal record that may cause you problems for the rest of your life. The draw of the wild, sinful, secular world is undeniable. Stay strong and committed and don't use the excuse, but I'm just a teenager. I can't help it. That is a cop-out and a sign of immaturity. Besides, you have now been exposed to the truth and you're responsible for it. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Next time, we will begin our episodes on the last of the five relationships God created that of God and the sibling. Until then, may God bless you and keep you safe. May you get a firm grasp on God's truth and his peace. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. If you would like more information about our podcast and subject matter, or if you would like to leave a comment, go to godslovelanguage.com. Or you may email Joe at jnlow at godslovelanguage.com. 